why else are we here if we're not here to help each other? Because, and going back to your original care about caring, it's like taking care of my three younger sisters. Yeah, being old, it sucked. Yeah. Okay, it's and there, there were times I was like, yeah. oh man. Because yeah. when I say take care of them, so I'm 13 years old, get home from school, my mom had left meatloaf or a roast out or something, and with a note that says, okay, it's thawed out, put it in the oven for an hour and a half at this temperature, make some rice and make some whatever, and feed your sisters. I made dinner. Okay, so it's so it's so funny because it's like whenever I used to, as a kid, especially seeing these sitcoms where, you know, the guys were inept, you know, mm. the wives or the girlfriends left mm, and yeah. they were making rice. And of course, they put the whole box of rice in. And of course, it's a disaster or they're trying to make bread and it's just a disaster. And I was like, I've been cooking since I was 12. <laughs> I was ironing yeah. my mom and dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was cooking, cleaning, ironing my dad's shirts. Uh, I, sewing buttons on stuff taking care of my sisters changing diapers so it's like i said so it's funny when when i meet guys that 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 have like no survival skills if it doesn't come out of a can or or it doesn't come something they get well there was no microwave back in those days but it's like like when i boot down the boot camp it's like when we got to the stage in boot camp where you could actually iron your uniform and they were like i don't know how to do this that makes, <laughs> that makes you unique uh, what percentage of folks in the marines knew how to do that had your it, skills were you it, what were you unique in that sense hard to say yeah because yeah. i mean there was 56 of us in in the in the in the platoon um and some of them you know knew how to do it because obviously it, it wasn't unique as that but it's by and large the the general idea that guys aren't ept in anything to do with domestic care. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> and so that's why like when looking, you know, finding a mate or whatever, I had friends in the Marine Corps that did, a lot of them was like, essentially they got a wife. It was the girl next door that they loved and all sort of stuff, but it was like their, their second mom. Mm. You know, she did laundry, she did this, she did this. I mean, all the traditional stuff. And you know, he was a Marine Corps. He, he works in the Marine Corps. And it's like, I, didn't need a woman to be my mommy. <laughs> I was like, I found a partner that you know, I loved and respected and she loved and respected me and, and that I wanted to spend my life with or my time with and stuff. So those things never played into it. No. I don't, you know, yeah. yeah, it's nice if she wants to do it. Like my, my current wife, she's awesome person. And, you know, even though I can do all that stuff because of our schedules, you know, it's more convenient for her to do it. She wants to do it, you know, and, but yeah, it's like, it's not me going, I man, you do dishes now, you know, because she punched <laughs> right. me in the face. So, <laughs> and rightfully that so. Would, yeah, that yeah. would never happen. <laughs> so it's like, no. So I never needed a, a female partner or, you know, any partner to do that yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. a lot of responsibilities to hold though growing up oh, yeah. at a young age. And then it was. And so yeah. that's why when, like I said, I, um, I went into the Marine Corps, it was, it was really interesting because... <laughs> when I was a kid, and I hated this, by the way, school on school nights, you had to go to bed at 9. 9 o'clock. You know what came on at 9 o'clock? Bonanza, freaking Kung Fu all, came on. All the fun shows. All the fun, cool <laughs> shows. So I was wide awake, and I could hear it. I'm like, oh, I'm watching this. And I'm like, so I know the next day, my friends would be talking about it. Mm. So I'm like listening and listening. And so I would like, 
pretend I saw it too. Oh yeah, and he did that kick, and because he does a kick every show, and, he, and then he did, and he threw that guy. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the, that was a horse. Yeah, because they were in the west, so there's always horses. And so it's like watching the A team. Oh yeah, and that scene where the, the jeep got blown up or the truck flipped over. Yeah, because the truck flips over in every show. So it's like and 500 bullets go through downrange, nobody gets hit. But yeah, and so I did that, and so it's like I was wide awake, and so I, I hated that as a kid. Uh, going to bed at nine o'clock yeah, on so a school night. I know like, that was your mother's fault. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, but, but we my were, son, it's yeah. ten o'clock bedtime. Yeah, uh, but it's still, and so, it still holds. Yeah. So this is the crappy part, and this is the part where you find out that parents, after the first couple of kids, just get tired. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was in the Marine Corps. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I was in the Marine. Stop it. <laughs> so I was in. The, this is really bad. So I, so I was in the Marine Corps. And I was stationed in Huntsville, Alabama, my first, uh, my first duty station. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I was, gonna, I was calling my mom. And I was like, going to see how she's doing and stuff. And my dad and stuff. And so I ring, ring, ring. My sister picks up the phone. My younger sister. They're all younger. But my second youngest sister picks up the phone. And, it, and I'm like, I'm like, it's 22. I mean, I'm sorry. It's 10 o'clock. What are you doing awake? I'm watching Johnny Carson. Why are you up? It's a school night. Because <laughs> mom said I could. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, then you do the whole, that's just not fair, mom. <laughs> Why is she up, mom? <laughs> oh boy, she's fine. Yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to, I'm, I was like, man, they're going to bed at nine o'clock. And so, so yeah, so yeah, you, you, you realize that parents get, you know, like, this, this, this is just not right. The oldest is hard. <laughs> I know, the right? Because you get the, the you know, all the experiment yeah. stuff. Yeah. You're like, yeah. nope, you need to be strict with this kid. And so, yeah, so it's it's just, yeah, it's things change, you know. You feel re- some of that, Joe? I remember yeah. um, Joy was the first one ever to say no, no to me. To yeah. Yeah. The little little tyrant. <laughs> she was like, so, here, so here's the situation. You, you never she, did. She did something. No. She, you know, no. Yeah. She did something, and I was like, and she goes, no. And I was like, it was like a sort of double-edged sword because on the one hand, I was like, oh, my little girl, she's tough. The other hand is like, she just said no to me. <laughs> Holy crap. I, I don't... Go to your room. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Yeah, that's why she was always, she was always like the fall guy. She was the shield for them. Yeah. So, like it's something got broken. Yeah. She was like, that's the, right. that's the role yeah. the youngest. Well, let's yeah. just tell them Joy. Joy did it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> She'll get less of a punishment. Don't do it. Don't do it again. <laughs> I don't know how at one years old you were able to get up on the table and knock that over, but <laughs> your, your sister says you did it. And then listening to like listening to you, kids, you already knew. Yeah, yeah listening yeah, listening to yeah. kids listening to kids explain what happened without admitting they did it yeah. is hilarious. It's not at the time, you're just like, but then sometimes you have to just leave the room and go, Oh my god, what just happened? And so I like went into the room and they, the lamp got knocked over or something, and I'm like, what happened? And so this is the conversation. And and so we 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 were we were and I was by this over here and then Jessica was over here and then I was and then Joy was right there and then this and then it fell down <laughs> and I'm like what <laughs> what did you just say and and then and and then Joy probably did it Joy is one and a half how does she do that 
and then you just you just leave. And having girls, it's like really hard anyway, because as soon as they when they're babies and they grab your finger and hold it, you're yeah. done. You're yeah. you're freaking done. Yeah. And so there's like times when you know I'm watching TV in the living room and stuff, and my unit was always deployed, so it was nice to be home. And so I'm watching TV in the living room, and they're making noise. They're being kids, okay? They're just being kids. But again, unfortunately, I have my my dad's temperament sometimes. And I said, hey guys, knock it off. And so they'd be quiet for two seconds. And then like, again, because they're kids. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I said, knock it off. And so five seconds of silence. And then, because they're getting excited. They're kids. So I go in the room. I'm righteously indignant. I'm, I'm boom, boom, boom. You know, oh God, here comes Godzilla. You know, and, and so I come in the room Is that how you and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, didn't I tell you to stop all that? And I'm using my Marine Corps voice. Yeah. Didn't I tell you to stop all that noise? And so, and then you have like three sets of little eyes tearing up and looking at you like, and then I'm like, nope, okay, I'm sorry. And then you're like, just keep it down, guys. And then you go back to the couch and you go, what just happened? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. How did I end up, what? <laughs> but that's what happens. And so, again, part of it was not trying to replay or relive the things that I thought that my dad didn't do a great job at. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted discipline, but I didn't want them to be not able to talk to me. Right. Yeah. And so like when they were little, I would tell them, I said, I will talk to you, but if you whine at me, I'm not going to talk to you. I will get on the, I will actually, I would sit on the floor with them and talk because I always mm -hmm. thought it was like scary when, unless, like say, unless, unless you're doing it, uh, you know, the, the, I told you, because yeah. then you want, you know, their attention. But if it was something like, no, dad, I had a, it's like, okay, honey, tell me. And I'd get on the floor with them or sit on the couch with them or whatever. And, you know, it's just those little bonding things that, you know, my parents, my mom and dad were different in that way because they were raised differently mm -hmm. so my mom was really affectionate with us and stuff and my dad again old school you know was not as affectionate physically always he told us he loved us and stuff like that and um but uh i remember as a kid my mom used to kiss us good night all the time and me too and i probably was like 11 12 one night when he saw that and he goes that boy's too old to kiss and my mom never kissed me goodnight again, mm. you know? And I was like, hmm, I'm never gonna do that with these guys. And to this day, when you know, they leave or they come, I give them a kiss and a hug, and we kiss goodnight on the, on the phone or whatever, we say goodbye and stuff. And uh, again, I wanted them to see that I, yeah, their dad's big scary, whatever, but your dad loves you. Yeah. And so, like, when, because our unit was so deployed all the time, again, all, like, landmark stuff, like, first words and first steps and all this stuff, I didn't really see any of that. I got Polaroid pictures of it when I was in Okinawa. I got audio tapes of it when I was someplace else. And so, I always cherished the time when I did, was, when I was home. So, on the weekends, I would... Asked my wife, hey, can you give me their sizes? And she goes, well, just because the size this and that. I'm like, I meant like write it down because I'm not going to remember any of that because there's three of them. Okay. <laughs> so she would write it down and I would take them shopping. Yeah. And it was easy back in those days because the girl section, everything was pink. It had ribbons on it, bows, ruffles, had strawberry shortcake and uh, Minnie Mouse on it. It was easy. There was no beginner stripper clothes. You know, there was no short shorts for four-year-old with juicy on the butt. There was no halter tops. There was none of that stuff. Um, 
And then as they got older, we would do things like um, we had the joy of cooking cookbook. And so on a Saturday or Sunday morning, I'd have them come in the kitchen with me and we'd pick something. And we make pretzels or pizza or pickles. Pre- or, I remember the pretzels. Yeah, or we, we, we'd make something. Because what we were making really for me and hopefully for them were memories yeah. mm-hmm. that yeah. their dad did this stuff with them too. Okay, he wasn't always the ogre that was like, you stop, no, no, you know. Yeah. And so that was like the things I could give them when I was there. And so I enjoy doing it. And, you know, so it, it's, you know, again, to this day, I, I, I love that. Like my middle daughter told me one day when we were on the phone and she's like, yeah, dad, remember that chicken breast and tomato dish that we used to make? And she goes, I still make that as comfort food. And that was really cool, you know. Again, because the thing is, just like being a trainer, just like teaching, uh, well, not so much a trainer, but just like teaching self-defense, until something crazy bad happens, and I always tell people when they leave here, I said, all I'm showing you is options. And the biggest thing I want you to understand is that you don't have to be a victim. I mean, at least you don't have to be a helpless victim. You can always do something. doesn't matter how big and scary they are. Everybody has vulnerabilities. Eyes, throat, any joint, vulnerability. It's just your mindset has to go away from, oh, he's just too big and sick. Because as soon as you give up here, you're done. Yeah. So you're not going to leave here when I teach classes. And I tell them this. You're not going to leave here a ninja, black belt in anything. All I'm doing is helping you start that conversation of worst case scenario. If this happened, what would I do? And look for options. Look for, you know, do I need to get more fit so I can run away faster? Or do I need to increase my awareness? And again, when you get into that kind of stuff, then you start getting all the weeds. Because people are like, I'm not going to live my life in fear. And I'm like, neither am I. <laughs> I don't either. Like, but you have this and you have this and you have this in your house. Yeah, that's called being proactive. So that this remains a safe place, which is why there's cameras here, why there's locks here, why there's all this stuff that I'm not going to go into that is in this house. Again, it's all designed to keep my family and any guests that I have in here safe. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you walk through that threshold, you're my responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it. I don't care who you are. You could be a cop. I have military friends in here. But in my home, you are my responsibility. That's just the way I look at it. And, And again, it's not everybody who's like, well, that's kind of extreme. Why? You bring these people into your home because you care about them. You want to share yeah. a meal with them or time with them. And that's the unique thing about time that I tell everyone. Right. Time is one of those things that I cannot give you back to you. Get, yeah, so yeah. if you choose to spend time with me, whether in a social thing or a business thing or whatever, that's awesome because you're saying, hey, I'm giving you this. You can't give it back to me. Yep. It's not money. It's not property. It's not things. You can't give it back to me. People go, oh, well, I didn't get any, that much sleep last night, but I'll make it up. No, you can't. That's gone. You can't make that sleep up. You can't go back in time and have those two hours back. It doesn't work that way. So spending time with people that are important to you, whether they're friends, family, clients, or whatever, to me has always been a big deal. And so I try to make it worth it. I want to make sure that if you have invested and given me that gift of time, that it was worth it to you, Mm -hmm. that you learned something. Most cases in here, it's learned something. that you felt better about something. Um, just something, that you leave, you leave here with something. And so for all the, the, the motivational, badass stuff, if you look around 
especially when you come in on that rail right there, there's things like even leaving here, be a kind human. You know, it's like, so when you talk about caring and stuff, it's like, that's our responsibility. You know, it's like, to, shouldn't we care for each other? It's like, you know, again, like my dad says, you know, am I, my, I'm, I am my brother's keeper. And that doesn't mean that you just give away everything. Mm-hmm. You give away the farm. It just means that we have a responsibility to try to take care of each other. The way I do it, because I've met so many women that were abused over the years and stuff like that, one of the things that when I got my black belt in Taekwondo, um, we had to write a thesis on what it means to be a black belt and, I, and what you plan to do. And I said, one of the things I want to do is sort of craft a class to show not women not how to do Taekwondo, but to use some of the principles and, and, and physics in this. And the same thing when I did Krav for eight years, learning some of that stuff so I can share with other people. Not that I'm a Taekwondo instructor. I used to be uh, assistant instructor. Uh, not that I'm a Krav instructor, but to gather all of that information and filter it, refine it, mm-hmm. and yeah. make it something that involves a lot more gross motor skills. There's no, again, in emergency situation, there's all kinds of physiological stuff that happens, that finite stuff like, okay, grab theirs. Pinky on the first full moon of the second harvest of the whatever, it doesn't work that way. You're gonna freak out. First of all, like I said, you know, there's fight, flight, or freeze, and there's another one that I read about, but I can't remember right now. And I need you to get past that freeze part because that's when you're going to take the most damage when you're sitting up here because you're a good person and you got hit and the shock a part of it is going to go oh my god what happened i'm a nice person i pay my taxes i help my grandma take the garbage out and and i go to church or i don't go to church i'm good to my pam oh oh why did that happen and while you're doing all this rationalizing in your head uh, well and then if you're a really really good person well maybe he came from an unprivileged family maybe he needs the money more than a bam you're getting hit again i'm like no, I don't care what situation they were in. That does not give anybody the right to put their hands on you, to harm you, to use you as a resource for whatever reason. Again, get out of that. I don't care. I don't care. For that moment, that individual, I could care less about. I'm concerned about you. That's what mindset. I want right? you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the, whole, that's the whole thing. It's like you can teach really, really cool stuff. Okay. You can teach effective stuff. But a lot of times you water it down because there's an ick factor. And I've, I've talked this a bazillion classes. There's an ick factor. Like they've been teaching little girls ever since they were little. Yeah, just kick them in the, kick them in the, kick them in the crotch. What works more effective is you actually kick through between their legs, your foot touches their butt, and your shin will actually mm-hmm. split their pubic bone and it'll fold like a book. Fight's over. <laughs> That's just physics. There's nothing else you can do. But again... We don't teach that because, oh, because the idea of maiming someone, the idea of taking your leg, raising it up, and stomping your heel on their knee in a direction it doesn't go, oh, that's going to make, and it's going to make a loud snapping noise, by the way. That is maiming someone, and good people have a hard time with doing stuff like that. We teach them raking at the eyes. Why? Because you can't, this is just autonomic, you can't, you know, you're going to move back. But what's more effective, I take this thumb, find the bridge of their nose, go all the way in, dig, and pull out. Mm-hmm. That ick factor mindset, again, you need to know that. You need to know that you're not willing to go that far. No, so that's why you water down things so you give them options, okay? Because good people, even under attack, 
don't want to feel like they're the bad guy. And maiming something is something that good people don't want to do, mm -hmm. even though it may be detrimental to their safety. Right. We're not doing it. Yeah. And, and again, so like I said, I, t I, I tell people all the things. I can show you stuff, but really, more importantly, I want you to start having that conversation with yourself, with your loved ones. Well, yeah, if this happened, how far am I willing to go? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what would I do? You know, and again, it's not about being scared. It's just about being prepared. I read a, a book, it was about worst case scenarios, including the towers and all this other stuff. And the one common thread through all of it is that the people that survived actually had some kind of clue. They knew where the exits were. They knew where the fire extinguishers were. They knew that they could use this, this chair to break a window next to their restaurant because so, their thing was on fire. Uh, the tragic part about 9-11 was so many people got trapped in the higher floors because they didn't realize that once you got down to a certain floor, you, it, the stairs didn't go anymore. You had to go across that oh. floor down the other side to keep going. And they didn't, they didn't realize it. And so tragedies like that, just because you didn't know. And so the one thing I emphasize in every class, I said, every place you frequent, your gym, your house of worship, your grocery store, your school, know where the exits are. Know where the fire extinguishers are. Know how to get out. Because like if you're in a restaurant, you may not be near the place the way you came in, but the exit may not be marked. It'll usually say staff only. Why? Because behind you, in the kitchen is usually a loading dock mm -hmm. with an exit. Yeah. Yep. So again, it's thinking about that because in the moment you're not. Why? Because there's a fire, there's an active shooter. Usually that's not going to be the issue, but there's a fire, there's some kind of violence, there's a bar fight, there's something, and you need to get you and your family out safely. Again, but if you just think, oh my God, it's right there in front of the door, I'm trapped. You're right next to a window. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's a metal chair I'm on. I'm going to break that. Mm -hmm. If you're in a room, if it's a standard room with drywall, find out where the studs are. You can kick your way through drywall. Mm. It's paper and like clay in the middle of it. You can, but again, when you're in an emergency situation, you're not thinking about that. Yeah. So that's why when we show people stuff, we tell them all the time, this is just some basic stuff that you probably won't remember. And the only thing I can guarantee you is if something does happen, I won't be there. Okay. So if you get nothing else out of this class, understand you need to do something. Do something, do something as effectively and as, as hard as you can. And so, again, until something, something happens, in self-defense, you don't really get any feedback and, and see if you did something that helped this person. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing, I'm okay with that. Last year, however, I did have a friend yeah. call us or text me and she says, hey, I ran into a situation and I remember something from your class and it helped me get out of it. And so I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I, I met her later on in person and, I, and she told me more about the story and stuff and I was like, wow, okay, cool. And so for me, it was like, I, I'm glad I only got one of those calls in all these years. Mm -hmm. But it was really neat because it, it and again, it's also mindset. She's, she's a tough lady. And so it's also mindset. Um, and that's something you can't teach. Mm -hmm. It's like in Taekwondo. There's kids that were great at forms and great at technique, but in sparring, you can't teach that. And that's okay. Again, but you can sort of help make yourself better or more effective by practice. 
practice. Once it becomes automatic, right. practice, practice. Like I tell people all the time, I've been in hundreds of altercations, physical altercations over the years. And can I tell you what I'm going to do when the next thing happens? Nope. But I can tell you this. I'm going to do something. Yeah. I'm going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you have to do yeah. is yeah. do something. So let's talk about your anger issues. I don't have anger issues. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why do you say that? <laughs> no, let's talk about um, how do you... Can I just go here? Can we talk about... Um... Can we talk about men and crying? Because yeah. you are not a crying guy. No, not really. Yeah, you don't really cry. Nope. So but you mentioned that that was something that your dad... Yeah, because... still. Yeah, and... But you okay, I don't want to make him... I don't want to make him the bad guy. And so yeah. I'm going to answer the question. Yeah. So... Okay, so my generation, guys didn't cry. You would call a sissy if you cried. And again, it's crying over nothing. Like, sure. oh, you called me a name. Hey, you called me a name. No, that wasn't cool. Um, I know words hurt, but <sighs> we had sayings like, six and zones may break my bones, but names will never harm me. Mm -hmm. um, and... It wasn't to dismiss that people can be mean to each other. It was to help you build a little bit of, of a thicker skin and some resiliency to understand that words, even though, yes, we understand that emotionally they can hurt, especially if they come from a loved one. If it's some knucklehead kid down the block that says, I don't like your stupid beard. It, your beard is weird. You know, who cares? Why, right. why are you going to put any emotional investment in somebody who's a total stranger? Yeah. That's interesting. Why do you care? Yeah. But, yeah. again, back in those days, it was, a, it was a, especially as a boy, it was a real big deal that you weren't just crying to cry. Now, it was allowed to cry if you got punched in the face and you got, like, hurt, hurt, fell off your bike, you know, going 20 miles an hour or something like that. Um, but, yeah, so we didn't just cry to cry. Right. However, like I said, and I think that because I was part of a nurturer to my sisters, you know, and, you know, held them till they fell asleep and stuff like this, um, and, and just, I think it's just who you are too. Mm -hmm. Um, so when my father-in-law died and I, we sat you guys all down to the table, I cried. I love that man. Mm -hmm. He was yeah. the second, you know, other than my dad, he was the second adult male to kiss me on the cheek as we were leaving from, uh, Nina, we were driving back to Arizona. I think, um, we had, we were visiting my wife's parents, her mom's parents. And, uh, you know, when he died, that that really hurt. And again, it was because when people die and we cry, it's because we miss them. But a lot of times, it's we miss not letting them know how much they meant to us. And now you don't get that chance anymore. When my grandmother died, Bernice, um, my dad's mom, you know, it was like sudden because you know my mom called and. She goes, yeah, we took her to the hospital because she was having a cough or something. We thought she just had a cold. And then the next day they call us and say she's gone. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, stuff like that. You're like, wow. Um, and so that time I cried. Every time each one of them was born, I cried. And after the, you know, the first one is like, it's so emotional because like, it's my first baby. And then with Jessica, this is an interesting story. So Jessica, we got there at the hospital, Naval Hospital in Cherry Point, zero dark 30. And, you know, she was having contractions and all this stuff. And so there's a magic number. It's 10 in the world of babies. And so 
um, we went to the doctor and they're like, yeah, well, she's not dilated enough yet. She's only like a six or four or something. And so they're like, we're like, well, we don't want to drive all the way back home. And it's like, and they're like, okay, well, you can walk around the hospital. So here it is, me and their mom, who's like this big. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> this baby, yeah. And so we're walking, walking, walking. So finally we go back to the room and they're like, okay, she's at this at six, seven or whatever. And so she's going through all this labor and we wanted to do natural childbirth so we took the Lamaze classes and all this other we, stuff <laughs> so, we did, we <laughs> so we did all this stuff so we could have the birthing room which is a lot less sterile than the uh, looking than the, the regular birth yeah. uh, the delivery room and so you go in this room and there's pictures on the wall and it's like a little cradle right here and all this other stuff and it looks really cool and so you know, my wife is having contractions, and I'm trying to go, okay, this is, okay, I don't know which one this is. And the nurse is going, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> and so we go through all this, and there's hours and stuff. And so first baby, so they're, like, concerned and, like, okay, um, you know, and then my wife is like, and the doctor said, would you like some Demerol to help with the pain and stuff? Because we don't know when she's going to be delivered. And then my wife goes, well, we wanted to have it. I'm like, honey, do what you need to do. I'm not having the baby. It's not coming out of me. You know, so they're like, okay. So they give her a shot of Demerol. Ten minutes later, they're like, oh, she's fully dilated. We're like, what? And so push out the baby. Like, oh, the head's coming. Here comes the head. And I'm over here with the camera trying to get this shot. And... Out of my wife pops this blue smurf with a lot of hair and not making a sound. And so her mom and I were like, <laughs> and, the, and the doctor was like, it's okay, it's okay. Her breathing is just depressed because of the Demerol. We're going to give her a little oxygen. So we're like, and my wife and your mom is like going, what is the baby? I'm like, I don't know, the blue smurf went that way. And so they take her back. They give her a little oxygen. They bring her back. She's all pinking up. And we're like, it's like, okay. So and of course, now we're doing an inventory. One, two, three, four, five, six, okay. Right. okay. Carry the two. Okay, yeah, she's got ten. <laughs> Touch her toes and stuff like this. And so I'm like, oh, our baby. <laughs> so I cried yeah. when she was born. And so I was like, the second one, Jocelyn, I was thinking, okay, shh. I'm a, I'm, I'm a pro now. But, yeah. like, yeah, this will be a piece of cake. Yeah. And then this little human came out, and I was like, oh, a little girl. I was like, so, yeah. And then with Joy, same thing. And I got to cut the cord with Joy and stuff. And, you know, it was just, like I said, it's, it's just you have this connection with this little person that you've never met. But you played with when she was in there because you were like pushing on, and, and your wife, your mom was like, "Stop that!" Because <laughs> she would kick back at a certain. You know, she was like eight, nine months, and so it was cool. Um, but then you also, and and those are like happy yeah. tears because you're like amazed and stuff. Yeah. And um, you know, but when you lose people, it's the same thing. You're like, "Wow, I didn't get to say this," and so you're sad for that. You know, they're not in pain anymore. They're not hurt anymore. They don't need anything anymore. But you, you miss that part. And so, so yeah, so I have cried. I've cried uh, when my granddaughters were, were not with us anymore. I cried for like a half an hour in the yard when you called me. And I didn't know that. Yeah. And I never even met them. So, um, yeah. And again, it's, it doesn't, diminish you as a man or as a tough guy again when it's 
situations that demand an emotional response. It's just a human response. You're being human. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah. so it's like, yeah, I, you know, I have no problem with admitting that or anything like that. But no, do I just go crying because, oh, there's a, there's a kitten commercial. Oh, my God, look at the kitty. It's so cute. No, I'm, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I do that at certain times of the month. Well, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, again, I, I, so I, I get the whole male toxicity argument about all the negative aspects of what that means. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't think... And I don't want to say it that way because it's going to sound like, I think women There's are, I think women are badasses. Some, There's maybe some nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. And so it's like, it's like, you know, because a friend of mine bought me a t-shirt that says, you know, male toxicity, I'd rather be, have male toxicity than, you know, because when shit hits the fan, nobody wants a feminine male. And what that implies is that feminine is weak, right. but it's not. Yeah. Like I said, I've, like I said, I will tell, <laughs> and, and I say this a lot. Uh, to my guy friends, I was like, I've watched every every one of my daughters born. No, no, thank you. Uh, uh. Yeah. Because if guys had to have babies, yeah. we'd have one, and we could do that just so we could talk shit that about we were twenty hours in labor. Okay, or yeah, I was doing that, and my butt was this big, and other, and, and but we wouldn't have any more. We would have one, and that was it. Somehow women forget, or or I don't know what what happens, but it's like when she was eighteen months and. She bit my wife on the breast when she was nursing her still. And I'm like, she, I heard this loud scream and I came running across the house. And there on the couch was Jessica, like, at arm's length and my wife holding her boob. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> like, she bit me. Yeah. I'm like, well, she has teeth and is eating real food now. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so, so it's like, okay. You know, it's like, guys, we, we know no, that's too much work, which is why women have a certain strength that we will never understand, yep. and, and it's really awesome, yep. and I have worked with majority of my clients over the last 30 years have been females. Um, they're amazing. When they're, when they're into something, they're all in. Um, they will kick your ass as workout partners. Because as a dude, you're like, oh, I'm not going to let her get the best of me. I'm going to keep going. And she will keep going. And you're like, oh, my God, come on. So proportionally, she may not be living as much as you. But still, it's like, wow. But they are amazing. And so to show them that they also have or help them understand and, and attain physical strength on top of the strength they always ha yeah. already have. Yeah. I said, it's amazing. I said, the biggest thing, and again, this is not to put down guys, and this is more of a joke than anything else, especially when I refer to myself. I said, the biggest issue with women is that they have to deal with us, and we're a train wreck by and large. <laughs> we don't know how to talk enough. We, we don't know. How, we want to always fix. A lot of times women will come to you, and they're like, hey, honey, I have this, this, this. And then we're like, I have the answer. Just quit your job because your boss is an asshole. You should know my wife deserves better than that. And she's going, well, no, I'm not going to quit my job. I'm just, I'm just really just venting. I just wanted want to, to, talk I to, want to advance a little bit. I don't need you to fix it. But that's what we're, we're, we're guys. We're, that's, you know, at least in my generation, guys, it's like the little woman has a problem. What's the problem? You know, it's like I need the bulb changed. Yeah, I can do that. I can fix it. So we're good with the physical stuff, some of us. But then when it comes to the emotional stuff, where they just yeah. like venting about, you know what, I don't understand my auntie. So, you should just disown her. Don't ever talk to her again. She's mean to you. You want me to punch her in the face? <laughs> it's like, 
No, I, I'm just yeah. Just I just, to let you know how I'm just feeling. having a bad day today. I yes. don't need you to, you know, actually assault her. No. <laughs> Thank you, Tonya Knight Harding. No, stop it. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. So again, yeah. they are really amazing humans, and they make us better. They make us want to be better, and I think that we we try to be better for them too. Because the really, the really big secret for most guys is that we're amazed that you want to be with us. We, we're like, we're a train wreck. And I'm just speaking for myself as a guy. Like, we're a train wreck for the most part. We're insecure. We don't want to let you know this stuff. And because we don't let you know the stuff that you really need to know, we have, that, that's when we run into issues. Mm. You know, we, because we don't say, hey, babe, you know, I'm, and that's why I try to do that with, with, with my wife now. You know, I said, hey, babe, I really appreciate everything. It doesn't mean that our life is perfect, that we don't argue about stupid stuff sometimes. But as our relationship has grown, it, it's not a three-day fight or it's not a long, right. I'm not talking to you or whatever. It's 10 minutes and it's, we're driving somewhere. We'll look at each other and we'll start laughing. It's mm-hmm. like, that was stupid. <laughs> you know, but that was an evolution and that was a lot of talking and a lot of communicating back and forth and and understanding that you know we she's younger than i am and she's on a different side of the political spectrum than i am but at the core and this is where it always to me is always the most important part at the core we love family we love friends we love taking care of people you come to our home we want you to be welcome. We, we want to feed you. We want to, you know, if you drink, we want to give you a drink. Um, but again, we want to make sure you feel that you giving us your time was worth it. Yeah. And she's awesome that way. And she's also awesome in like critical, you know, emergency stuff. You know, when people are sick and stuff like that, she's very giving and caring and stuff like that. Um, I'm on the other side of that. So we balance each other out because she will be there for your long-term care. Like if you got sick and, you know, we invite you to stay here for two weeks and you stay in our son's, you know, empty room and she would nurse you, basically take care of you. Um, I'm going to make sure that you stay safe in this sphere right here. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay safe physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we balance each other really well that way. Um, but again, it's, it's just talking. It's just that evolution of talking. And any kind of partnership there's always a give and take and again yeah. as a guy it was like for me it was like oh wow you know it's like you know well what do I do for you because you know she you know has a job that she's had for 25 years so she makes significantly more money than I do and all this other stuff and I'm always thinking that there needs, needs to be a balance I'm, you know, I'm going to do my part too yeah. and stuff and then she was the one who actually said she goes no it's never going to be balanced she goes you do other stuff and you you that you know and i was like so i was strictly thinking it was a one for one if you make this much i have to make this much if you do this and i have to do this and it's right. not that that's not how yeah. it works yeah. it it's a give and take it's a balance and so again it's not perfect but it is amazing and so my uh oldest son and i were talking about women in general and stuff and he was talking about me and his mom and stuff um and I was like, well, I said, my litmus test for a relationship is simply this. Do you go home because you want to go home or do you go home because you have to go home? Hmm. If you go home because you have to go home, you will find reasons to stay at work longer, hang out with your friends longer, go to the gym longer. Hmm. You will find reasons to stay away. 
And then you'll get there and you're like, hey, hey, babe. Versus, wow, I can't wait to get home and share this with her mm-hmm. and tell her about my day and find out how her day went. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the difference. As long as at the end of each day you want to come home yeah. because that's your place, that's your safe, that's your safe space, that's your heart, that's, 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 that's the important part of your world. As long as you want to do that, yeah. then you're good to go. I think that's a good test. Yeah. It's like, do you want to go home? Yeah. Or do you have to go home? I want to go home. I do, I do want to go home. <laughs> yes. You should go home. Get out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to be this more compassionate a... and loving. <laughs> no, this was awesome, Dad. And I really yeah. appreciate you taking time to oh. chat. Was there anything else that you wanted to, I mean, oh, I don't know. If we can go. I was going to say. Know if I Open it up, but we're already at 2.38. No, she's fine. Yeah. So It's like if you have another question, there, that's fine. Do you have any questions uh, you're or awesome. any thoughts? Jess, your dad is awesome. I, I know. Talk. I'm awesome. Uh, you're uh, a <laughs> relationship <laughs> guru as well. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. I was telling people, right. tell people, I said, I've been divorced twice, married right. three times, <laughs> so I can tell you what not to do. Yeah. Here's what not to do. Yeah. Don't assume that they can read your mind and... Don't think that they're thinking what you're thinking because they're not. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. And don't go, oh, well, why aren't you doing this? Because they're not going to do it. And the biggest thing is just like with working with clients is don't assume your partner is, has the mindset of any project looking at it the same way you're looking mm-hmm. at it. Interesting. You know, because it's, like, yeah, right? it's like, yeah, because it's like guys are like, you know, and it's like a lot of jokes about, you know, guys just say, you know, it's like women don't bother the man. When he said he's going to do something, you don't have to ask him every six months if he's going to do it. Okay. <laughs> because again, a lot of times we have stuff in our head, like, you know, and, and I've learned not to tell my wife time frames. I was like, oh, at some point I'm yeah. going to do this thing. Yeah. You know, because if I said, because I made that mistake earlier in our relationship, I said, yeah, I said, you know, uh, next week I'm going to do this. But then life happens and stuff happens mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, or I'll buy something from Menards that was on sale and stuff. And then usually two years later, then I make sure, honey, honey, look, see that thing I bought? See, I told you I was going to use it. I told you I was going to use it. And she's like, oh, yay. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> So it's like, again, we look at stuff differently, and I think that's what, what makes it really interesting, and that's what makes it amazing. If you do find it's like I told these guys when they were little, when they were about teenagers, starting to go out in the world, I said, movies and TV and magazines, and and I tell clients this all the time too. I said, this is the problem. Even in 2023, women's magazines, especially if they're fitness or self-help magazines are page after page after page of what's wrong with you. It's like, well, you have cellulite, you need this, and you have need this makeup because your face is this, and your skin is toned this, so you need this, and then you need to buy this $900 Lululemon leggings because that's the only way you can work out. You need to buy that, and you need to do this, and there's page after page, and then there's a couple sprinkled in here and there just so that you know it's a self-help magazine and it's a, to inspire you is a couple of stories about oh and look at Jennifer W from Washington she was 300 pounds she started eating kale and walking every day and now she's 120 look at her story you can do that too and but you should do it wearing this other expensive freaking workout gear and doing here and you and should now be it's all on a phone yeah. and it's social oh, yeah, it's right, right there oh yeah right. and yeah. so yeah and you yeah. should be and the reason why you're not a CEO at 30 after a nurse three kids and having a husband uh, and, and again every single one of those things is 
slamming you because you're not doing this and not doing that. Right. Men's magazines, this is the difference. Mm -hmm. Hey, <laughs> buy this fancy watch. Women will want to sleep with you. Yep. <laughs> Get this car. Women will want to sleep with you. Oh, stinky cologne. Women will want to sleep with you. Oh, wait a minute. There, there is something you can work on. You want that six-pack, huh, buddy? Yeah, you know, because we want women to sleep with us. Do this exercise. Women will sleep with you. <laughs> you know, there is nothing wrong with us. There's no articles about, hey, this is how you balance life and, and we're raising four kids. Hey, this is how you balance this and make a gourmet meal for your woman. There is no articles about that. Mm -hmm. It may have changed now, but back in the 80s and 90s and stuff, yeah. what I'm mainly talking about, yeah. all of it, and that, it was like, talk about toxic. And I, I would always tell clients, female clients, stay away from those magazines. Mm -hmm. They're not helping you. They're yeah. just telling you what's wrong. And women, for the, by and large, unfortunately, already like look at themselves inside anyway. I've met so many women that came to me and like, well, I need to lose 10 pounds. And I was like, why you know they look great and everything mm -hmm. and it was like because again the world told them they're still not good enough i have guys that come to me with pot bellies receding hairlines and go yeah i just want to put another two inches on my arms mm -hmm. okay <laughs> you know because we think we're okay yeah you know it's like no no it's not wrong. I, mean, I could lose a little here but i'm good women that are would be considered tens in back in the day when we used to gauge women like that um there's always something wrong mm -hmm. and and that's I, I think that's really sad mm -hmm. and so what I try to do is let them see that they are strong and they're attractive and all this other stuff and so the biggest part of like with relationships is you know and I talk to guys is that it doesn't matter what we say to them it doesn't we can say honey you're beautiful I love you you're sexy blah 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 but if they don't feel it up here, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter, which sometimes cause, it causes an issue because then we feel like we failed somehow and we're not good at failing. We suck at it, actually. And so we're like, well, what can I do? You know? And it's nothing you did wrong. It's, it's just here. So that's why people in general, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to even say women, people in general just need more self affirmation more stuff mm. that again and the biggest thing that i always try to do is tell people stop looking outside for that yeah look yeah. you yeah. you have everything you need just yeah. believe in you yep. and that's the that's the biggest thing it's like it's like why do things like the jim johns cult why is the the freaking mm. space nut cult why is cults exist in, in, in any way because people are constantly looking for something to believe in because the, and the crazier the world gets the easier it is for charlatans to, to like, I guess I'm the answer. I'm the way. No. Yeah. Everything you need, every strength, every ability, every potential, every everything is in you. Mm -hmm. I have a thing in my, in, on one of my doors. It's, it's awesome, you know, Asian samurai science guide. And it, it tells you everything you need is inside you. Again, do we need other people sometime to help us cultivate that and to and to build that and to and and, and 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 thrive with that yeah but it starts here so i'm not going to go look at this guy who's promising me the world and all he needs is every worldly possession i have and to marry my wife no in order for me to feel fulfillment yeah. you know and again and the scarier the world gets the more we keep looking outside of ourselves and so i love the stuff that i'm able to teach and share with people because 
I'm showing that you that you have the strength to move that way. Yeah. I'm yeah. showing you that you, with the palm strike, can hit that person in the nose and get them off you. I'm showing you that you, if you take a deep breath and go ahead and have your old shit moment, can help that old lady survive at least until the ambulance gets there. Mm -hmm. Again, you have it. You, it's, it's there. It's like, and again, it seems like such a simple thing, but you look around, the crazier and crazier the world gets, the more we keep looking outside. We're looking for that magic thing. It's like when people that are not going to be successful working out are the people that believe that, well, if I just do this, or if I just buy this machine that came on at two o'clock in the morning, yes, get this machine, and you and I just go like this, and five times a minute, and then and then I'm done, and look at me, oh. no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You got to put in time. It's an easy fix. Yeah, and, and but that's yeah. what people are looking for that silver bullet. I've in 30 years of doing this, I've had dozens of people coming. Well, what's the one thing I can do? To do what? <laughs> you know, well, the one thing I can do. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take a page from uh, a nutritionist who said, well, if you're only going to do one thing as far as your nutrition, eliminate sugary drinks. Mm. Stuff like this that has high fructose, high fructose corn syrup in it or sugar in it or orange juice or any kind of juice because it's concentrated sugar. Mm -hmm. And the, the really cool thing I saw in one interview, he goes, yeah, if you want to have orange juice, just have an orange. Plus, you'll, you'll get the fiber and all the other stuff out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about that, then that's the one thing you can do. But usually it's not that. And it's usually it's guys because we're this way. So, hey, Kurt, yo, yo. So I want to I wanna put this much on my arms. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty ambitious. That's cool. So you need to do this, 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 this. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. Like, well, what can I do? This, 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 this. Because yeah. this is what you said you want to do. Yeah. But you want a Cliff Notes version on how to get there. Mm. Sorry. It applies to working out. It applies to life. In life, right? yeah. It's like, yeah. well, I want a six-figure job, but I'm going to stay in my mom's basement and game and hope that somebody's just going to send a job to me. No, it doesn't work like that, Billy. I'm sorry. You know, you actually have to put in work. And that's the other thing about people being humble and, and talking about, oh, I was just lucky when they got like a job or promotion or something like this. Oh, I was lucky. No, you weren't. Mm -hmm. That's really nice that you want to be humble that way. But what that does is makes people think that, oh, well, you just lucked into it. Right. No, what happened is you put yourself in a position, you mm -hmm. did the work yep. to get yourself in a position to take advantage of an opportunity to advance. That's what you did. It wasn't luck. Luck is you're sitting in your house, your window's open, the million-dollar lottery ticket blows on your, on your, in your lap. That's luck. Yeah. You know, it's like people go, oh, I, I didn't win the lottery again. Did you play? Oh, no, I didn't actually buy a ticket. Okay, so what's the plan here? <laughs> you're waiting for that win to blow the winning ticket. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? I do think that there's something sometimes to timing and that there are some serendipitous things, but even in those things, you're still you positioning, positioning yourself yes. in a place and time that allows those things to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing like people think that, you know, like a lot of people won't go to the gym because they, in their head, again, perception is already out of whack with reality. Everybody in the gym is some 20-year-old, size 2, fitness model woman or some giant bodybuilder guy. The majority of people in most gyms, not all, in most gyms are women over 40 into the 50s. Why? Because the kids are older now or have left the home and 
now they realize, holy crap, I spent 20 years taking care of these other people and nurturing them, and I'm not regretting that. I, I love doing that. I built a family and, and, and helped produce some productive adults that are out in the world now. But now I have to get back to me. Mm-hmm. Why does that happen? That happens because women are unique in this sense. You're always going to be eaten. Yeah. Eaten's always going to be eaten, okay? Yeah. Always, okay? So he can get a girlfriend. He can get two, three girlfriends. It's still going to be eaten. Hey, dude, eating. What's up, man? That's eating. Always. Always eating. He can get married. Hey, that's eating. And Mrs. Eaton. Okay? He has a couple of kids. Oh, that's eating. Those are his kids. Jessica. She's amazing, vivacious, you know, strong woman, independent, blah, blah, blah. Gets a boyfriend. Oh, that's Eaton's girlfriend. Mm. She gets married. Oh, that's Mrs. Eaton. She has a kid. Oh, that's Billy and Bobby's mom. She constantly is losing her until she gets older and now all of this stuff. And again, she's not regretting it. She loves doing it. She's amazing at it. Until she gets older and now they don't need her anymore or as much. That was Mm -hmm. me, their mom. And then she's like, oh. Then they start looking in on themselves. And so that's why the majority at a lot of gyms are women in that category. And they start embracing themselves again. And they get back to that Sexy, vivacious, strong, independent woman. Ooh, they're probably still in their careers. They're already doing that. But women are always willing to put, a, put aside their needs because they're, they are nurturers. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But sometimes it's to a fault that they don't take care of them. All right? So the one, one of the hardest things about getting women to work out in the 90s was that mentality. Because they, they would talk to me and they wanted, like, well, Kirk, I really... I really want to do something because, you know, since I had the baby and I still got this and I got this and this stuff right here, I don't even know what the hell. But Eaton needs me. The kids are little. And I said, well, think about it this way. If you take better care of you, mm-hmm. then you will be able to take better care of them. Exactly. So yeah. that's the trade-off. Yeah. Taking care of you is not a, it's not a... If you really want to take care of them... If you want to play with your kids longer, you want to be able to do stuff with your husband more, you want to go hiking or whatever, taking care of you is part of taking care of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You count too. Yeah. And that was the asinine thing that I used to hate about old school self-defense for women classes. It's like, they were like, because they understand that by and large, um, it's harder to get women to flip that switch, to flip that switch to aggressive and attack back versus just... Eh. Okay, it's hard. So what? So the the thought was, we'll do this. Okay, if you find yourself in dire straits, then fight like you're fighting for your baby. Fight like you're fighting for your child. Now, what this does, in fact, is asinine, is because it's two really bad messages. You're telling women that fight for a child or fight for something else. So what if this woman doesn't have a child? What if this woman lost a child? What if what if a lot of things happen? But more importantly, and the bigger message here is, well, you know what? You're not worth fighting for. Your aspirations, dreams, all the stuff you want to do, your goals, eh, fight for some mythical child because that's more important. Yeah. Fighting for this baby to get home to that baby is more important. Mm-hmm. You being whole and fighting for yourself mm-hmm. and your right to exist, eh, fight for your baby. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that a lot of the things that you have instilled in us helped 
me, I know at least to have that more independent, mm-hmm. like be more independent, but also I remember being at a wedding. I was in high school at the time and um, this was before I knew Mike mm-hmm. and um, didn't have a boyfriend, didn't care about not having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and this woman came up to me and asked me if I had a boyfriend and I was like, no. And she was like, oh, well you will. Why? What? Thank you for that. Thank you for that pep talk. Wow. You're a pretty this girl. You the, will. Right? Yeah. Like, like as though I was sad about it, which I wasn't. Yeah. And I think that the reason I wasn't, because I I watched friends be in terrible relationships. Just to have, just so just they can say they have a boyfriend. They, yeah. Um, because they didn't have that sense of value mm-hmm. and they didn't have that sense of worth. So mm-hmm. I know that's one thing that I've always appreciated yeah. about the way that you raised us with that sense of value yeah. and worth and that we are worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I, I told them, I said, you know, all when they start all getting older and stuff, I said, it is great, like I said, if you meet that man or woman or whatever that you want to spend your life with, but do that after you've gone out and found out what you want to do, yeah. found out what your passions are and all this other stuff, and then if you find somebody that you respect and they respect you, you love, they love you, that you have common core interests and stuff like that in, then make them part of your life. So when you hear these romanticized things like, oh, he completes me, or oh, she completes me, or he's my world. No, no one should be your world. I'm sorry. Yeah. The only exception to that is children are your world because they need you to protect them and take care of them and nurture them and help them grow an adult is not your world they're an amazing they can be take that back they can be an amazing part of your life but the whole idea that oh you complete me means that something was wrong with you before when you you, you weren't a whole person yet yeah. you weren't enough yet yeah. so until that guy comes along oh my god thank you jesus i now have a completion you know it's like that's crazy yeah. And so I've always tried to, because I, because I understood, even when they were little, that the deck, the deck is stacked against them in a lot of social ways because they're mm-hmm. females. Again, like when I teach women's self-defense, I don't go all through the statistics, like, okay, you're 85% more, t- more likely to be attacked or assaulted just because you're a female than I am. You know, it's like, they can look up that stuff. I'm not going to focus on that part. I'm going to focus on the fact that this is why you need to... F- Feel that you are worthy of protecting you, okay? Like one of the signs I have back there says, sometimes you need to be your own hero. Mm. And you do. And so I knew that once they left my house and I couldn't pick them up and save them from the world, I had to arm them with something, okay, besides words. So out in the backyard on our patio, we had two heavy bags, one regular size and one that was a water core, one that was a little softer for them. They had their own boxing gloves and everything. And I would show them how to fight and do different stuff and the only problem they had with it they had no problem with hitting me and hurting me especially when they got a little bit older and they had those little pokey knuckles <laughs> and i'm like ow and then they're like dad you can take it you're big and i'm like ow it hurts you guys are bigger now and it was like when you were five it was easier and so their only problem was they would go when i would show them something especially something a little bit more detailed they would go dad that would hurt somebody and I'm like, you damn right it would. I am not teaching, and I never taught them to be bullies. Mm-hmm. I taught them that they have the right to protect themselves yeah. because there's not going to always be 
a lunchroom lady, a school monitor, uh, 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 an attendant. There's not going to be somebody that will always save them. So they need to be able to do something besides just use their words. And that wasn't a very popular thing back, especially in those days. And it's still not because with all the anti-bullying and stuff like this, well, we don't want children to fight. Well, I don't want children to fight either, but I'm not going to let my child be a victim because somebody else hasn't taught their child the same thing. Mm -hmm. And again, as much as we want to have this world be some utopian place where there's no violence, no racism, no nothing else, that does not exist. Unfortunately, I wish it was too. That does not exist. And until it does we do our children and our loved ones, in my opinion, a disservice by not giving them and not arming them with every tool we can so that they can thrive and that they can be okay in a world that is not perfect. Mm -hmm. That's it. Thrive. (laughs) You've instilled that. I see it. I see it. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the time Thank and for you. the wisdom. Thank Kurt, you, guys. We appreciate you being on. It was fun. Thanks, Dad. Love you. Love you, too. You're my girl. <laughs> yeah. I first want to make me-